I Am South African was born to tell South Africa stories of everyday heroes doing extraordinary things in these really extraordinary times. We've been through exceptional times as a country, and in the last 26 years of democracy, we've seen a nation that, no matter its challenges, knows how to rise above and help each other, even when the negatives are stacked against us. COVID-19 is no exception and has created yet another crisis as we join the world in fighting this global pandemic. I am here to tell South Africa stories, the stories of heroism, patriotism, finding the saviors among us and spotlighting those who don't wait for permission to make a change for good. Welcome to the Happiness Agenda with me, Yuveka. Every week, I'll be bringing you a story that has warmed my heart and made an impact on South Africa. Hello friends, now from growing up in a shack in Putatijaba in Kotkwa to becoming the first black African in history to row across any ocean, Fana Fikile Lepaka's life is an ongoing adventure. This man of action, as he's known, is teaching thousands of people to reach their true potential and make some life-changing decisions. So Fana, welcome to the Happiness Agenda. Thank you so much for making the time in between everything that you do. Thank you so much for inviting me, Yuvega. Thank you. So tell us, who is Fanafikile Lepaka? Uh, Fanafikile Lepaka is a, uh, a simple guy. He just loves action and adventure. So I am based and born in Putadichaba. Um, I'm very passionate about learning. So since I was a young boy, I've always been an active learner. So growing up, I went to high school in Kwakwa. And after I went to a primary school in Kwakwa, and after my mom passed away, I was moved to Johannesburg, Lanasia, where I finished my high school. After that, I went to the University of Johannesburg, where I studied chemical engineering. And then after about a year of working at SAB, I felt that there was more to me, and I just went out looking for that more, you know. So I left my uh, employment, and I decided to become an entrepreneur. And that journey of looking for this more, has led me to learn so much about myself uh, to a point where I've, I'm now a life coach. I'm a personal development trainer. I'm a firewalking instructor. I run a program. I've been running it for the past seven years, a program called Mind Refinery, which I use to change people's lives by helping them reach their true potential. And uh, as you said, I am the first black African in history to row across the Atlantic Ocean. And that was another story. It's, um, I was fortunate enough to be chosen amongst 10, 000, um, 15,000 people to be the one to wow. row with Lensa across the Atlantic Ocean. Okay, well, I want to go into detail about all of these things. Let's start with that. Let's start with that, which was uh, one of the highlights, of course, I would imagine for you, becoming the first black man in history to row across any ocean. How did that come to be? Uh, and, and, you know, how did you meet Rian Manser? He speaks so highly of you. He was gushing about you uh, when we were chatting to him, uh, when we interviewed him on the Happiness Agenda when we spoke to him. So, so tell us about it. How did it happen? I think it's one of those things that uh, are destined to happen, but you don't know that they're going to happen. You know, I, when I look back now, I look at my journey, I, I was destined to meet someone like Rian. So my wife has saw an advert on TV, and then she, it was about Rian looking for somebody to row with him across the Atlantic Ocean. 
I didn't see this. She showed me on her phone saying, hey, have you seen this? And I saw that and it, it was a very attractive advert. And I said to her, I would love to do it. She's like, yeah, enter. And I said, okay, if you're okay with it, I'll enter. So we had just become parents to twins. So I was not even expecting her to tell me to enter such a competition. Mm. I entered and not, uh, I forgot about it. I mean, I've entered so many competitions either on the cell phone or on TV and I never won anything. So I didn't expect to win. As the weeks went by, I was selected and I went round after round after round until I was in the top 10. So the top 10 were chosen to uh, go to Langwaban, Cape Town. When we got to Langwaban, Cape Town, we were put through the tests. It was a crazy boot camp for about a week. And this is a person who comes from Putadichaba in the Drakensberg where there are no pools. So I don't know how to swim. <laughs> Yet, that will make me row across the Atlantic Ocean. So yeah. after about of tests, of crying, of so many things. Um, no. I was chosen one who will roll with Rian Mensa. So that's oh, how wow. I became roll with Rian. And about a few months later, we flew to uh, to Spain, where we started our journey from the Canary Islands. We took 45 days to go to Barbados. Wow, that's an absolutely amazing story, an amazing adventure. And thanks to your wife. We're going to thank her for giving you the permission to do this, Fana, because you just give her the credit where credit is due, okay? So is that what became known as the Odyssey Row? Is that what it was? That's what it was. So the Odyssey Row was the journey that Rian wanted to take with any South African. So um, he has a backstory to it where he said in one of his journeys, he wanted to give one person, one South African who wouldn't think of something like this, this opportunity. And, and uh, fortunately for me, it happened to be me. But I must say that it wasn't an easy thing for me to achieve because this is one of those achievements where you have to earn it. It wasn't, I, I wasn't handed a bus ticket to go to Barbados. I had to work day in and day out rowing uh, in danger in the middle of the ocean facing near-death near death experiences. You can imagine the worst and the best of the ocean. And when we got to Barbados, that victory was very was earned by me. Wow. Would you say then, I mean, that you came back a changed man? I mean, the father of twins who left uh, all those uh, days before, all those weeks before, did you come back a different person? What did that adventure do for you? Absolutely. Um, I changed a lot. I mean, the first thing that I must say is, you know, when you're in an isolated space like that, you have no distraction, there is no signal, you cannot use your phone to distract yourself. So all of those dark thoughts that maybe I've been pushing away for all this time, maybe pain, sadness from the past, all of it came rushing and I had to deal with it on this journey. And what was even worse was while I was in the, in the ocean, when we got to halfway, maybe about day 27, I, got, I received a call from my wife that my mom passed away. So that's one of the things that I had to do. Oh, no. So uh, one of the things I learned is learning how to deal with pain and still carry on. So I definitely oh. came in and it helped me grow. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that, Fana. I mean, that that really, really uh, must have, you know, taken such a mental and emotional toll on you in that time. But uh, you came through it and I'm sure Mama would be very proud of what it is that you have achieved. Now, you, you continue to spread the adventurous spirit. Now, you became a firewalking instructor. I know you've done so many other things, but that has caught my attention and my eye. Why firewalking? Yeah, that um, I didn't just want to be a firewalking instructor. It's one of those things, like I said, uh, because of the journey that I was already on, certain things were destined to happen. 
So I happened to fall in love with personal development seminars. So I attended many seminars that were happening in Johannesburg. So I invested real money to learning how to be like a trainer, a coach, and I spent many, many hours amongst people that were all about personal uh, empowerment. And one of the guys was Kobas uh, Fisser. Kobas Fisser, I attended a seminar with him. And I have this thing that people just have a liking. I mean, they fall in love with my energy because I'm always in a very good mood mm. and uh, bubbly face. And Kobas like, told me straight, I want to help you do what you're doing better because I was already helping people in my hometown. But he said, I have tools for you that will make, it, make what you're doing go to the next level. Initially, I thought it was crazy when he told me about fire walking. I'm like, I am not walking on fire. And then eventually, he convinced me to try it out, and I went for it. It was a five-day training that happened in Limpopo somewhere. And after the, those five days, I was also a totally different person. I received a tool that I wouldn't have even thought about as a tool that can help people. Because fire walking is about helping someone overcome their own doubts, their own, um, you know, we tell ourselves so many lies. We, we believe in the anxieties, we believe in the fears that we have for even trying anything in life. So with fire walking, I just help people focus on the goals and ignore anything else. Wow, well, I, I, I definitely see how this can inspire thousands and thousands of other people. And that is actually what you do with your Mind Refinery seminars. I mean, you learned to become the best version of yourself. You worked very hard at it as well, I'm sure. So how do you help other people become the best versions of themselves and also make those life-changing decisions? So the program itself, Mind Refinery, it, 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 in the name itself, you can hear what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to refine the mind. So I needed to find out what is it that I could do that is on one day impact you so much that you make your decision right then and there to change whatever it is that needs to be changed. Because when I have like a hundred people in a room, I don't know all of their problems, but I want to be so impactful that each and everybody in the room can get to the point of saying, I am making this decision, whatever the decision is. So I put them through a series of activities and through these activities, they face themselves. All of it is about you doing something that you wouldn't think you would do. First of all, I make you go into the emotional space, the dark space. You know, I'm, I'm also qualified as a negative emotional therapist. So I put it all together in one program where actively you are facing your demons. And then I know how to facilitate it in such a way that by the end of that, that uh, particular session, you feel so light, like you've let go of such a massive weight on your shoulders. By the end of the day, with this program, first of all, you feel light because you've let go of uh, the burdens. Secondly, you believe that whatever idea that you have, you can make it happen, not somebody else. You can make it happen because I believe, especially in townships, we need all of that potential to be awakened. And many of the people in the townships don't believe in themselves. They don't believe that they're the ones that can change the environment. Mm -hmm. We all believe that the government should. So I believe, no, we are the people that are supposed to do and make this change. So with Mind Refinery, that's what I'm trying to achieve. Oh, that's absolutely amazing fun. I mean, I haven't even gone to my dark spaces, but already I feel lighter and inspired just listening to you in a general sort of term. So you certainly do have a gift. I'll, I'll give that. I mean, the, the guys who identify that in you earlier on, we're, we're absolutely not wrong. You know, 
we we find ourselves in a time now, Fana, where where a lot of people find themselves stuck, like you say. You know, we find ourselves stuck in the dark recesses of our mind. What would you say to anyone at the moment who is stuck, who who has been so affected by just this world crisis that we are facing at the moment? What would you say to them to just hang in there? The first thing I'd say is uh, do not deny the reality. The reality is we are facing this. The reality is if you lost your job, you have lost your job. If you can start there and say, okay, this is how things are. It's bad. I mean, let's not lie to ourselves and think, okay, it's all rosy. No, it is bad right now. I believe from that point, it's easier for us to start building and looking for solutions, right? Emotionally, some people are going through some of the worst times in their lives. I mean, I can imagine if I'm, um, I'm currently 34, if I came out of school and straight into a job and all of a sudden my company um, has just shut down, I've never been in this position before. I feel like I can't do anything. So if I accept that that's what the situation is, it's easier for me to say, all right, this is what it is. I accept it. What do I do next? The first thing is I would encourage anybody to look into themselves. What is it that you are good at? What can we do? Because with this pandemic also came the opportunity to go online. There's so many other things that um, I, I can give you an example with my wife. During the pandemic, my wife got to a, a, get a job that's an online-based job, which is something she wouldn't have even looked at prior to this pandemic. So are we really looking at the other opportunities that are around or are we still stuck on the previous economy that we know? Because I feel the economy has moved are we moving with it? So anyone that's going through the worst time, whether they lost their job or whether their business is shut down, are you actually adapting with what's happening or are you fighting and hoping that it goes back to, no, to what you know as the normal? Because I honestly feel the normal has changed. So I would like to encourage you to look at yourself and say, all right, what skills do I have that I need to learn to adapt with the times? If you don't have those skills, are you willing to learn? If you're willing to learn, just start and learn. You don't even have to go to school. We have YouTube now. YouTube has all the things that we, we can actually do to learn what we need to do for the business or for any income. I mean, there's so many things that I can name, which I, I won't name. One of them is affiliate marketing. Oh. That is a huge thing. People could do that. But are they really looking into that? I really encourage them to look into online opportunities. I think that's where the real money is right now. Mm. Let nothing stand in your way, I suppose. You know, if, if, if we are determined enough, we will find a way. Uh, Fana, what, what, what do people say to you once they sit in on one of your seminars or once they do, you know, the fire walking with you? What do they say to you that, that makes it all worth it for you at the end of it all? I think the biggest thing that people say is, you changed my life. That alone, it's, 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 it's the biggest reward I've ever received because it's something that I do from the purest of my heart, from the bottom of my heart, I'm only trying to help people find themselves. So if I can help you get to that, I've achieved my goal with you, whether it's in coaching one-on-one -on -one or whether it's in my program, Mind Refinery. If I can achieve that, I think that's what I'm intending to do and I'm happy. And you know, as, as many people uh, say, say to, to parents, for example, or adults, uh, Fana, that in order to keep your, the people around you happy, in order to keep their cups full, you've got to make sure that your cup is always full. How do you stay upbeat? I mean, I'm sure you have bad days as well, but how do you work through that on that, on that particular day to make somebody else feel better about their bad times? Uh, 
that's a very good question, eh? Because it's one of the hardest things to do. If you are helping so many other people, helping yourself is the most important. Um, for the past three years, I haven't been attending seminars, but before that, I was and I, I used to attend seminars a lot because when I go to other people and receive that energy, it maintains me and helps me maintain other people's energies. But the other thing that I do because I'm now in the free state full time. These Drakenberg Mountain have so much power. I, I normally do hiking. I normally swim and go under waterfalls. So I do all of these natural adventures where I just go out there and just let go and just confront whatever it is that I need to confront. When I come from there, I come, come back feeling cleansed, feeling energized, and I'm ready to work again. Ah, the power of nature. It, it really, really is quite medicinal. I'll agree with that uh, 100%. And Fana, you know, we are living in a country, uh, and I'll talk specifically about South Africa. I know the whole world has its challenges. We're living in a country right now that, that where there's so much turmoil, whether you look at politically, economically, whether you just look at people just being uh, demotivated in general. I mean, what, what would you say in your experience, um, just the spirit of South Africans to be able to rise, to be able to to, to do things together, regardless of race, class, uh, whatever it is. And, and and we know we have we have the rotten apples. Let's put it that way. We have those who are just people who don't want to be part of the society. But the majority of South Africans are, are good at heart. And what would you say to them in your experience? What is it that makes us particularly South African? What is that thing that we have just from your experience, what you've noticed and all the people you've dealt with? What I've noticed is when South Africans have a mission, when they have a mission and they're trying to achieve something, the race disappears. When we're trying to get to South, and you see this a lot in sport, whether it's the uh, Olympics and the team has gone to wherever, now we're going to Tokyo. If we're going to Tokyo and we're all supporting all the sporting codes, all of us are just together. We don't even see race. When we had the World Cup, we see the same thing. Bafana Bafana is playing in the AFCON, same thing. So when we have a mission where we know that this is about South Africa, not about the individuals, for some reason, all of these bad things that normally happen, we forget about. We had the same thing with the World Cup as well. When we had the World Cup in South Africa, uh, crime was at its lowest. Well, I think it was. Um, people were happy. People were interacting with internationals. So why can't we keep that momentum going? What I think we need to do as South Africans is we need to make sure that we always move the goalpost. So what's the next mission, next mission after this World Cup? We need to create something to always look forward as a country. If we can have that, then all of these negative news that comes from either political side or either the crimes that are happening, they might even disappear because the energy in the country is so positive and so bubbly that even the criminals, if I may put it like that, even the criminals don't have time to create crime because they're celebrating with the rest of the country. You know, that's I how I feel. During that time, I, I've, I've, yeah. <laughs> so I was saying during that time, I've seen people change moods. Like there's no race. And I grew up, I'm a guy that grew up in Lanasia uh, with my, mm. my best friends were guys and when i'm talking about indian i'm talking about muslims uh punjabs tamils hindus all mixed races colored guys that are christians colored guys that are muslims or i grew up in an environment where there were so many differences but even within those differences we found the common ground 
if we can always find a common ground in South Africans, we will always stay winning because South Africa is the best country in the world. And I can say this with confidence because I've been around. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. From your lips to everyone's ears, Fana. So uh, what next for Fana Fikile Lepaka? What's next is right now um, uh, I'm being a father to my kids because after my twins, I have another young uh, daughter. She's nine months today, actually. So uh, I'm being a father to the family. You know, one of the things that you learn when you are on an adventure for that long is the value of family. You know, the mm -hmm. value of your my wife, the value of the kids. And when I was there, I've, I told myself I need to spend more time with the family. You know, when you are in a space where you are always helping people like I am, you are always mm. giving time and energy to other people. And you give so little time to the family. And that can create problems for your own family. So I've told myself that I'm going to calm down on a few things and just only do the important ones and not just um, exert my energy in the wrong direction. Focus on my family and the important work. But in the future, I'm also looking for another adventure to do. I want to do an adventure that's bigger than what I did. Uh, Rian gave me a perfect start with the Odyssey, but I think I need to do something else that connects with me and also has a mission to inspire other people. Oh, absolutely. Well, be careful what you wish for. You don't know where in the world you're going to end up. But I'm um, so heartwarming to hear, Fana, that, you know, it all begins at home. And I think many people have come to that realization over the past year or so is that pay more attention to what is happening at home. And thank you for your honesty. Thank you for your time. Good luck. And thank you for your work as well that you're doing to make South Africans live the best life uh, that they possibly can. Thank you, Fana Fikila Lepaka, for your time. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Rebecca. And thank you for inviting me to this uh, podcast. And I hope my message really, really does spread the happiness. Whoever we may be, whatever our immediate interest, however much we carry baggage from our past, however much we have been caught by the fashion of cynicism and loss of faith in the capacity of the people, let us err today and say, nothing can stop us now. Take two. Whoever we may be, whatever our immediate interest, however much we carry baggage from our past, however much we have been caught by the fashion of cynicism and loss of faith in the capacity of the people, let us err today and say, nothing can stop us now. Join us again next Friday to find out who's on the happiness agenda. Till then, remember, a little kindness goes a long way.